Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Oh, man, I want to give all you guys a big hug. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making Stay Grounded a part of your week. I'm so grateful and so excited to be introducing this week's guest, Mr. Matt Pryor. So Matt and I have been trying a while (laughs) to make this episode work. Uh, He lives in Hong Kong. I'm here. And uh, we briefly met at an entrepreneur event in the U.S. And I was just fascinated by the guy's life. I mean, the guy has just done so much. He served six years in the British military. He's an adventure consultant for Red Bull. He's been featured all over the place. He leads expeditions all over the world. And he is a steward for nature. But I'm also kind of glad that it took so long for us to really schedule this interview and for us to have this conversation because Matt's about to be a new dad. You know, he's slowing down in his life. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. There's so much change and shift happening. And the way the conversation went just left me feeling so full, so grateful, and so hopeful for the world and our place in it. You know, we talked a lot about what it means to be a human being, how to navigate change, how to experience some of the crisis and 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 some of the tough moments in our lives and how we can find meaning through it all. Uh, we talked a lot about nature and the role that it plays in helping us stay centered and calm and collected. And, you know, after the episode ended, Matt and I were having a conversation and he mentioned this. He's like, man, if this episode inspires every single person listening to just take a walk every day in nature, then I did my job. So if you listen to this episode and you feel it called to go into nature, then we're really happy about that because that was actually the intention. So it's just weird. And I've been spending a lot of time in the mountains lately and just being by the water and nature. And every single time I go near nature, all the problems of the world fall by the wayside. So I hope this episode inspires you to get reconnected with the natural world. I hope this episode inspires you to find meaning inside of crisis and chaos. I hope this episode inspires you to fall in love uh, with life and and learn or relearn how to be a human being inside of all of it. And I hope it also inspires you to find your place and to find that home inside of you, the place where you can stay grounded no matter what is going on around you and what it's pulled out from underneath the rug. Your home will always be yours and it's always in your heart. So enjoy the episode. All of Matt's links are available in the show notes. And if you haven't already, go to uh, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe to the Stay Grounded podcast on any of the podcast apps, doesn't matter if it's Spotify or iTunes. All that means is every single time we release a new episode or there's something special that we have to share with you, it falls right into your phone. And so uh, enjoy the episode, guys, and leave a review if you if you feel called and there was something that just pulled your heartstrings or reach out to Matt if something big came to you. Uh, but all in all, I hope you find this conversation fruitful because I sure as hell did recording it. So anyways... 
without further ado, here is my main man, Mr. Matt Pryor. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Oh, man. A million technical difficulties, 6,000 reschedulings, and one moment later, Matt, we are here, baby. How you doing? Loving the energy, Rad. We are here. We'll continue to Come on. We're going to make it work, man. We're going to make this work, and I'm just so excited. It's been a long time coming, and ever since our first conversation that we had, you're just such a fascinating human being, and you're entering... It's just you're entering such a, a spectrum of life's experiences with a fresh, curious mind, and that that excites me. So I wonder if I could start there. I'm just going to dive right in. So you've, dude, you've traveled so much. You're you seek adventure. You fly. You do all these things, and now you're about to be a brand new father. In all of these experiences, what is the common thread that allows you to look forward to them with presence and joy? Honestly. The minute I kind of just, if I, if I just listen to those words, the first thing that comes up is it's just something that's driven me the whole time is just curiosity. It's just literally as simple as that. It's just anything that's new, whatever that may be in terms of, is that people, is that experience? Just just anything that's kind of new and interesting and, and pushing those boundaries, I'm in. And I'm kind of in with an open mind and a smile on my face and zero judgment and zero expectation and just very much with a kind of roll with it attitude, you know, almost just go with that flow and just, just, just roll with it. And I just found over the years, and I think travelers definitely help with this, that I'm, that's my happy place, you know? And weirdly, I, when I experience things with different people, it's so interesting, depending on their previous experience and perspectives, how difficult they find it. I find that People that have been out and about and had a similar kind of life, they're very chilled and very just roll with it. People that haven't ventured too far sometimes really struggle, which with some things, in my opinion, are quite basic, but it's all perspective, you know, it's all relative. And, and you have to you have to remember that before you open your mouth. You know, you almost have that internal conversation and just like, well, look, you just have to bear in mind that this is quite new and this is quite daunting. And remember the first time you did something like this. So it's, it all comes back to, I think, almost like a, an internal mental reference library. You know, like if, if your library is massive, you can always draw on something similar or something that was hard or something that was difficult or something that was uncomfortable or challenging. You, your body just reminds itself, okay, I've been here before. I've been here somewhere similar. Just do what we did last time and things will be fine. But if you look in your library and there's three books, you're kind of like, oh, okay, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> Take me back to a time where you only had like three books in your library. And you were making decisions that were scary or you were faced with predicaments that were seemingly at the time extremely large. How did you begin the journey of sort of leading with curiosity in those moments? Okay, so that's really interesting. So two totally different things came up then, really different things. One was I'd lost, I was made redundant from the Air Force due to the last financial crash. And I'd come to the conclusion, I'm just going to give you a very long story short. I come to the conclusion it's a long, that- It's a podcast, bro. You get to speak and make it a long story if you want to, okay? I know, mate, but we're also pretty limited to time. So I, and I can talk for hours and hours and hours. So trust me, you don't want to get off. <laughs> I'm kidding. That was I'm a kidding. really good one story, Matt. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, the long and short of it is I was sat, I was, I'd made the conclusion to go to Hong Kong. 
And I always thought, you know, free rolling spirit, this will be fine, blah, 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 blah. And I, I remember, I remember just thinking, you've literally got rid of everything from your life in your country. And my hair's standing on end now a little bit. And the reality is you're now standing in a queue to go to Hong Kong with a one-way ticket. And this isn't a holiday or a trip. This is a whole new life that you're going to go and start. And have you really thought about this that much? And those, my brain was just spinning. And, and a big part of that was because I hadn't had a previous reference to draw upon in terms of what's it like not to go to another country, but what's it like to move your life to another country? Yeah. And it's not just down the road or the country along where it's easy to commute. It's on the total other, other side of the world, totally different kind of way of life. You're in a whole new continent. There's a lot of what ifs spinning around. And so that was, that came to mind. And then the other one was when I lost one of my best mates in a really like tragic story. So effectively, this is all out now, but he was murdered by his boyfriend. And I was pretty much the only person that knew he was gay. And this was going to be front page news in the UK. And I had to somehow within a 24 hour period, leave Hong Kong, go and explain all this to his family and then try and help the best I could with family and friends in, in trying to deal with this kind of situation. Now, again, zero mental reference to this. Have I kind of lost friends? Yes. In such tragic circumstances, no. But then you layer all this up. So he was also a pilot. And as we know about all sorts of, especially those kind of institutions, they're not great, no matter what they kind of project to the outside world. And so there was a lot going on there, mate. There was a lot going on. And in terms of leading with curiosity, I think the Hong Kong one was quite easy to lead with curiosity. You know, the minute I landed, it was like, okay, I was fine again. It was like, good to go. Here we are. New environment. Like, let's just roll with this. But leading with curiosity for what happened with my mate's death, that took me a lot longer. I wouldn't say I led with curiosity. I'd say uh, lots of things had to be processed and then kind of maybe, maybe looking back I kind of tried to reflect and then move forward with curiosity from there. Because as with all these things in life, like they can make you stronger and better, but in the actual moment, you know, it's, it can be pretty clouded. Well, I really appreciate the spectrum because I think what I just realized is you were describing the focusing agent for presence, right? Is as one spectrum, it was curiosity, but the other spectrum, it was maybe care Maybe it was maybe it was a, a, an effective of like responsibility. Maybe it was duty. Maybe it was purpose. Maybe it was love. I mean, there were so many different focusing agent. I mean, whatever whatever the focusing agent was, it was bringing you into presence. And in presence, you were able to make decisions that devoid you of fear. I mean, curiosity to me brings you into presence which then allows you to act based on what you feel like doing. But so does love, so does duty, so does a sense of responsibility. It brings you out of your head, which is where all the what-ifs live, which is where all the fear lives, the not knowing what's going to happen, the fear of screwing something up, saying the wrong thing, screwing up your life. But And you bring it back to those emotional states. It's like a flow state, and it just allows what's going to come to come. Yeah, for sure. I think that whole, and I love the whole concept of flow state, yeah, I've never really thought about that particular moment in a flow state, but I think I was definitely in a almost a single-minded kind of you must do this now, and this is way more than you, or you don't even have time to think about this too much. You must act and do what your heart's telling you you should do. This is like a really important time in your life to do something. How do you know? 
just one of those things, man. And I know this isn't great when people are just like, you just know. I think these things are so rare as you go through your life, like those kind of moments, the, the, the specific really kind of deep ones. And I think if you ever talk to people, I think everybody's had it or if they haven't, it's coming. And I hate to say something like that. But I think maybe people could identify maybe one or two things. It all, all depends on your life and your background and, and all that sort of stuff. But there's always a few things in there. There's always a few moments where if you ask people to identify it and you can almost get them to cry quickly, you know, you, you just like you've, you've zipped straight to their soul very, very quickly, regardless of how well you know them. And you can just see that instant connection. You can just see inside their eyes and their soul. That they're like that almost broke me or it did break me. And that was, that was really big. Like, that was really big. And it's formed a large part of who I am today. So I think that's kind of how you know. But I think it also builds a common bond between all of us. Yeah. Because no matter what front anyone puts on, the reality behind the scene is all of us go through this to some extent. Nobody goes so. through life unscathed. Uh, I don't trust anybody who goes through life or says that they went through life unscathed because that means that you're not being truthful if you're pursuing a life of truth, like if you really yeah. are, and, and truth to me is, is experiencing all the emotions, like truth is yeah. the most fundamental piece of being human being. Like nobody's happy all the time. Nobody's sad all the time. Nobody's angry all the time. Nobody's jealous all the time. We all have these range of human experiences. And so that to me is our shared collective. That to me is our shared humanity. And maybe that calling or that knowing the calling to either screw up your life and do it intentionally or the knowing that comes in moments that are just so scary. Maybe it's all stemming from the same flow of life. It's, it's, it's life pushing you in a direction that you may not even realize is the best or worst for you. It's just life. Oh, for sure, mate. I mean, without getting too kind of woo-woo and and oh, go woo woo, bro. Go woo woo. I'm telling you, like, don't hold back, Matt. All right, don't hold back. Well, I definitely wasn't. I, I definitely was not like this, you know, for for a long time. And I, d I don't know. I don't know if it's just years. You know, as you get a bit older, you learn a bit more. You your experiences increase, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and therefore your whole perspective changes. Or, or whether it's just as we just naturally evolve, you know. I am more and more on a daily basis just seeing this all as like universe dust. And lots of people try and contextualize things in different ways and use religion and whatever. Like there's lots of theories out there to try and kind of just make it okay to be a human so you don't kind of go crazy because you think about this too much. Mm. But I'm, I just take the view that there's this fascination with all of us when we look up to space and the stars and that unknown. And I've always, I, I just now feel very much part of that, you know, and I think that helps with that flow in terms of, and it, I've also been working a lot on removing ego for the last however, however long. And I think the combination of those two things, if you can remove ego and just accept, we're just kind of space dust and we're just, I love that um, comment that I heard recently about, I mean, this is a well-known one, but about the fact that we're just kind of cruising around the sun on this crazy rock and no one really knows on what's going on that that to me really brings a lot of perspective you know i think mm -hmm. if you add that and you add that we're just all kind of universe dust roughly going in one direction maybe the wind will blow us extreme left and extreme right but we're kind of all in this together some way it just makes everything a lot easier for me it just brings a lot of almost instant perspective and whenever things do go awry and you're just like oh my life my life my life it's just like all right all right let's chill out here let's get some perspective let's work out what's really going on let's look on this tiny little blue marble 
and look at the spectrum of what humanity is going through. How bad are you really? Not bad at all. And then let's take it even further from there on a universal scale. And then suddenly that insignificance hits you. And then for me anyway, that just, that just makes everything kind of a lot easier. I'm really glad you brought that up because I think, you know, trying to find your place in the world is one of humanity's biggest sort of focusing agents. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Who am I supposed to be? If I don't have this, who am I? If I have this, who am I? I mean, it's just these constant questions around questioning our existence and our role in this world. But what I've consistently found over time is any thoughts of that are stemmed by either things that haven't happened yet, like in the future. It's like, where Mm -hmm. am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to have? What am I supposed to do before I die? Great. All those things in the future or their projections from the past. I did something. I don't want to do something. I don't want to make the same mistake again. But both of those things are actually happening right now in this moment in your mind. And when you truly find grasp of that, and you said it beautifully, one of the best ways to do that is to just stop thinking about yourself and to start thinking about the grand scheme of life and how everything is flowing and you come back into this moment, then the only purpose we have is to live fully. The only purpose we have is to give our full attention to what's in front of us. At least that's the universal purpose. Everybody might have a little bit more like callings and things to do and certain chapters of life, like you're about to be a dad, you have a chapter of life that's going to evoke a much bigger sense of responsibility that's going to last a certain amount of time, right? Like it's not that we won't have these bigger callings in life to do what we need to do, but I think a universal truth for every single person in humanity is just the idea that the only thing that matters is this present moment. Can you find joy, peace, love, and gratitude for what exists now and here? In this moment, I think that's a lot more difficult than you've just explained it in terms of it's, it's, it's easy to kind of say, to communicate and to read mm-hmm. and to watch, but to live. The separation of that is the, the jump that you actually have to make if you're really honest with yourself is it's, it's very hard to do. And that, those questions come up in a lot of the stuff that I do. The conclusion I've come to at the moment, bearing in mind this may change and I'm quite willing, open to it to change, and is that you can put all these blocks in place and all these kind of pieces of knowledge and wisdom and advice and blah, blah, blah. And that's what you can control or what you've decided. And then again, the rest of it, just, just kind of let it happen now. Like let that natural collision of things happen, whatever things are. You just like tomorrow, you could easily meet someone that just turns everything, everything on its head. Like somebody's just like, I really like you. I really like where you're going. I actually see your brilliance like this. What about this opportunity here? Other side of the world, boom, 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 boom. And it just changes the whole focus of everything. And if you're too kind of rigid and too focused on what is my purpose and almost like robotic about it just every day, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? You're not open to anything else, what, what's going on around you, you know? And you're also just not open to that, that chance thing. I know people struggle with that, and especially nowadays, and I think about that instant gratification and that comparison and I think that this just makes this whole purpose thing, especially just so hard for people. You know, I've seen people go some really dark places specifically around this one thing, even though everything in their life is honestly, where I was like, really good. You know, if you just took a step back and you're like, okay, I get it. I get it. Everything's in your head. You think the world's ending, but in reality, let's take a step back and just remove this one purpose thing. Everything else is actually really good. So now just try and enjoy this thing, you know, 
go out, meet people. I think a big thing is trying to do things without expectation as well. Yeah. You know, I think people read or they hear or they're just like, oh, this happened to my mate. If I go to this coffee shop, maybe I'll bump into someone like that. It's too, it's too premeditated. You know, it's not in my experience how the world works. And I don't know what I'm going to come on something a bit weird now, right? but I had this thing a while ago where I was just reading lots of books about self-made billionaires, right? And I'm not a financially focused person at all, but I have been fascinated, you know, with that gap on about the jump. I've been fascinated with how you can go from nothing to a, to a billion, right? A billion is a lot. This is a big jump. So there's obviously something going on there. Is it pure focus? Is it luck? Is it a process? And I was just curious about it. And what I loved about all these books is every single one of them pretty much, and I'm not talking about inherited wealth, I'm talking about almost like rags, rags to riches, like the, the typical hero story. But each one of their stories is so random. Mm-hmm. Like it's so random, mate, that it just makes me smile and it makes me realize you're not weird. This is how life works. Everybody's life is a bit like this. And actually, the key element of all of this is just being open to it, you know? Just like you say, just being present every day, smiling, being kind, being open to anything and everything. And I'm not saying say yes to absolutely everything and, and just do, you know, I'm not saying let's, let's get stupid about this. But it's so interesting how in each one of those stories, there's some key moments there that if they weren't open and they weren't present, all the rest of it would never have unfolded. And they always talk about it. They, they know, they realize, they always go back in their minds that, and they're just like, if that meeting hadn't happened or that and that. And then I think the hardest thing is people try and replicate that, you know, and, and that's just not, that's just not how life works. Well, and I think that's why it's important. And you said you're talking about your friend and him having everything in his life. Great. But the purpose thing was just dragging him down to me. Yeah. To me, purpose is a weird word that men in particular like to throw around and try to attach a sense of ego to it. Right. But when you remove the ego from purpose and you just say, all right, what am I meant to experience today? Right. And you start living your life through the lens of who are you? It isn't about what you do. It's about who you are. To me, purpose is nothing but your values. What are the values you carry on you? What are the care? How do you make people feel when you're around them? Whether it's what you do or who you're with or how you present yourself or whether you're performing or traveling or making decisions. To me, purpose is nothing but a set of values that you carry yourself with. Right. And if you are living your values every day, then you are living your purpose. And if you can, so if you change the perspective on purpose and then you combine that with a healthy semblance of being present and allowing yourself to be in this moment and then use your, through the lens of your values, live fully and make choices there, then that's exactly what each of these self billion, self made billionaires are doing. I mean, at the end of the day, the people that believe in themselves to create at that level, just have a clear sense of self. That's really it. Like it's not yeah. about, it's not created by the external factors. Like it's n- the external factors actually don't. I've found at least in my life that I had to become the person before I got the stuff. I totally agree. Not get the stuff and then become the person. It's not like you get the money and then you become happy. No, you're just going to be even more miserable because yeah. you know. And and so it's 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 the opposite. So I, that's my lens on it. And I really do believe that everybody has an opportunity to get clear on who they are. And everybody has an opportunity to ask themselves those questions. And if they're not, then they're missing out. And what I love about that, man, I've never heard it put like, put like that, um, is 
it's quite easy, I think, for everybody to define their own values. It's not hard to sit down for 10 minutes and just be like, who really am I? Or even aspirationally, what, what do I really want to be in value-wise? You know, It's not hard to do that. It is hard to write down what's your purpose. And so I think if you b- begin with the values and that becomes the foundation, like you say, and then the rest of it, you just roll with it and you remove that expectation, it will work itself out. Now, the hard thing, again, is that this time element, you know, people just have, oh, but I need to know it by, I don't know, like 13th of March or something. I just, that sort of stuff to me. I mean, we invented time. Time doesn't exist. Um, and again, that's like another one of those perspective things. Whenever I get a bit strange about time for whatever reason, I'm like, we invented that. That oh, is a Roman calendar, that- man. Julius yeah. Caesar. The only reason August exists after July is because Augustus got j- jealous that Julius got a month. Is this? Oh, I remember this story. Yeah. Dude, yeah. That's See, the whole, like, so when you think about the Roman calendar, it, we make yeah. everything up. Exactly. Everything. Exactly. And so if you, if you kind of come back to that, you realize that all of this, it's, it's, it's almost like um, sometimes how companies are built or if you, you know, if you, you know, if you're having like a chat with your mates and having a few drinks or whatever, and some random topic comes up and now someone's like, I'm, to google that there's always a hilarious hysterical story behind it and it's generally just made up by like a bunch of idiots and somehow it's just been solidified and now it's become like a foundational part of our society that everybody takes so seriously but the reality if people really knew the backstory is just like wait a minute like you just said then so this whole month is down to like a jealousy between two guys like yeah you know it just it kind of just puts a smile on your face to everything and it, I think also, I think the world's just getting a lot, a lot more serious. And I'm guilty of that. Like I'm on a real mission at the moment to go the other way within reason. But I think if, if it becomes kind of serious and time-driven and purpose-driven. and, and Don't get me wrong. I think before every system breaks, there's, a, there's like a breaking point, right? And I do okay. think that right now we're being pushed to a breaking point. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the pendulum swinging in one direction mm. and then it's swinging back the other way. I mean, that's how, that's how time works, right? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, the only thing that is true that I do believe, time may not be real, but duality is. Duality yes. is very real. Dark and light. Good yeah. and, or not good and bad because that, that's the whole, mo- that's morality. But to me, there's wholeness and then there's broken. Like there's, there's, there's the duality of life that exists. And so- yeah. When there's so seasons of life are very, very, very real. And I think that humanity as a whole is going through a pretty stormy season right now. And cycle. It's a cycle. And eventually it'll come back. But in order to experience the spectrum of joy, of love, of unconditional acceptance, of oneness, of unity, there has to be the contrast of like there you have to know that and it exists in society today. And I I so I'm optimistic about the future. I understand why the present is the way it is. And I understand why the collective is waking up the way it is. But in that, I also see a lot of beauty. I see the spectrum being experienced fully by society. I see uncomfortable conversations being happened right now. I see people going inward and having them, forcing themselves to have conversations with themselves that they haven't had in ages. I'm seeing businesses shut down and new ones start. I'm seeing so much chaos unfold inside of this, this, this reality that we're all observing, but the chaos is just finally matching what we've all been experiencing inside of us. Anyways, 
this yeah. range of emotions that, you know, sometimes I'll have 15 emotions in a minute. And like <laughs> now we're looking outside and the carpet's finally matching the drapes and we're like, what is happening here? But it's all part of life and it is, it is life. And to expect anything else or to wish for anything else is to deny the perfection that is unfolding in every moment. It's also just history, mate. It's also humans now. We have like a long enough track record where you can go, you can trace these cycles back. And there are these inflection points like there are in our own lives, but there are in society and through humanity. And it all just come, I mean, the way I kind of deal with these things is, you know, the phrase of from chaos comes order, you know? And so whenever I start to see chaos unfold, I just make it very simple. I'm like, this is totally natural. This is kind of all slowly meant to happen. And out the end of this, it will be better. And and there are gonna there is gonna be kind of short-term pain and there's gonna be a lot that falls out from this, and there's gonna be a lot of broken pieces that need to be kind of built and put back together. I watched this video recently and I really kind of liked it. And I might get a bit of the history a bit wrong, and I'll keep it brief. But apparently there's this uh, tradition in Japan, or there was, that when um, people break ornaments, it used to be this thing yeah. where you sweep, sweep it all up. There's a, there's a, it's a type of like uh, – it's actually a type of art. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I, forget, I forget what it's called. I, explain it. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But it, it's, okay. yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. Because I was watching this and I was like, where is this guy going with this? Anyway, he said, so you take it down to the person who's been doing this year over year over year. And he has basically liquid gold, which he uses as a glue. And over time, he delicately puts it all back together. And then they just showed this picture of this vase, which maybe previously wasn't that special in any way. And then you just see all the cracks, but they're highlighted with, with gold, you know. And you're just like, wow. And then the value of that goes through the roof. Now, obviously, his story there was, this is essentially what we're doing as people. We're breaking ourselves down. Our society is breaking down. And then we're building ourselves up. But look how beautiful that looks relative to that. And I just thought it was such a cool way of communicating, you know, what what goes on inside us when, when these kind of hard things happen, but also as a society, but also the end game. And just the fact that anybody, any human being could look at that and just be, just have like a moment of peace and just be like, wow, actually, that's kind of really cool. It is really cool, man. And I think that if we have that attitude, it's hard to see the beauty when you're in the suck. I've been really feeling that recently. Like I've been going through a lot of personal changes in my life recently. And like, you know, it's, it's, I've been sitting in a lot of suck, a lot of down days, a lot of like swings and emotions and into nature i have been more actually i was i yes i took a few weeks to spend time in the mountains me yeah it's it's just i mean so much change so much noise but being in nature was clarifying and it created a container that allowed all of these emotions to be felt and come through and be experienced but on the same vein you know in the moment it's just hard like you don't know why it's happening and mm-hmm. it's so in the moment, it's so as egocentric beings, we tend to think that every shitty thing is happening to us when we're in the moment. It's like, why is this happening to me? What did I do wrong? Where did I screw up? Like, why me? But when you zoom out and you truly allow time to let the dust settle and you just look at the glass now with all the dust settled at the bottom and you just see the clear water, you start to you start to actually see the beauty in the suck and you start to see how defining those sucky moments were and how 
those those shitty times and those times where you just felt like everything was breaking around you created a catalyst and an opportunity for you to build yourself back up and for you to for it to show you what you're actually made of and for it to show you the 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 spirit the human spirit the indomitable human spirit and the power that exists in each and every one of us to create meaning around anything that happens and that's a gift it's it's an absolute gift it's hard to experience in the moment but looking back mm-hmm. being human that's our birthright like being human is the biggest gift of all because we, out of all the species on the planet, have this incredible ability to take something as shitty as as what may be happening right now and create a story around it that'll empower change and love and freedom and expansion and, and oneness. And uh, I think that's a beautiful thing. It is, mate. It is. And I'm a bit of a strange person and it's going to sound a bit sadistic, but <laughs> you know, I, I'm attracted to adversity. I'm attracted to like these things happening because I, I know that there's good that comes off the back of it. You know, I, I totally agree with you when you're in it, not a lot of fun, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we should definitely not live in the, in the past or live in the future. You know, sometimes it's, it's, it's part of the process to live in it, you know, live in this discomfort. Like how, what is it like and where, why are these emotions bouncing off all kind of corners of the world? But I also think that it's important that people learn to live in it and learn to process it and learn to develop some sort of like um, coping mechanism. Whether, for example, for me, uh, we actually moved out the city of Hong Kong and now live on an island because life's changed, you know, and I want to live near nature. And for me, nature's a great balancing thing. It, 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 it means that I feel it's this connection again, you know, with, with something bigger than me. When I go for just a, a walk on, on a trail, Weirdly, I just feel connected to the trees and to the birds and to the mud and to the rocks. And again, it just like dissolves that ego and that dissolves that me. And it just makes you realize that we're all going through it. Like the whole of nature is going through this. All people are going through this. And this is way bigger than just you and and your problems. Now, that doesn't change the fact that you have (laughs) issues that you need to deal with in your own life for sure. But I do think that if you realize that there's that collective strength and collective wisdom and collective support and especially now it's quite a rare thing where almost any time I jump on a call with anyone around the world now you, you just feel this vibe you know you yeah. just feel this that something's quite not right where they are and what's going on with them and they're probably wobbling a bit and they've probably got a lot of what ifs going on and there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of change and it's change that they can't control and out the other side, there's there's nothing known, you know, you know, and I think that's hard. I think if we all knew by this date, 1st of January, 2021, the reset's done, we can all start. I think everyone would be a lot better. But the reality of it is that that's not there. And so just really strangely, right, I kind of, kind of like it, you know. I just think it's important that somebody's pressed the pause button, somebody's shaking this all up, somebody's make us all question everything. And... I think when we look back, it'll be a good, good, good thing for humans. You're hitting something on the nail for me. Uh, like as of late recently, I've really been challenging where I've been challenging my relationship with certainty and my relationship with the unknown and uncertainty as well. So both sides, like what is my relationship with certainty and what is my relationship with uncertainty? And one of the things that I've been really finding is that my relationship with uncertainty is all dependent on where I source my certainty from. If I'm sourcing my certainty from an outcome, 
something happening in life, whether it's a pandemic ending or a business deal going a certain way or a girl doing this or anything. Like if I base my idea of and my sense of self or anything based on a set of certainties that are outside of my control, my relationship with uncertainty is absolutely shitty. It's the worst. I feel anxious, I feel nervous, and I don't know what's happening. But if my source of certainty comes from within me, and it isn't about something that's happening outside of me, if it comes down to trust in the fact that I made the best decision I could, Mm -hmm. if it comes down to trust in forces outside of me, if it comes to trust in trust and love, self-love, both of those I think go hand in hand in many ways, but in some element of self-love or trust or allowance and permission, then the uncertainty doesn't feel so scary because you're, you're, it's all sourced from here. Like there's, there's, it's not built on stilts on this shaky foundation of everything happening around you. No, your, your sense of self and your power is an internal game. And in that internal game, there's, there's, there's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of freedom in being able to know that, Hey, it doesn't matter what happens. Like, am I going to be okay? Yeah. It depends on what your definition of certainty is. Like if it's, well, I need this, 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 and this to feel okay. Well then no. But if your source of certainty is, is your sense of self, your, your, your identity, your purpose, your knowing, I mean that right there, that to me, nobody can take away from you. And that's what I think right now is the biggest opportunity for humanity to really sink into. It's that sense of self and that, and, and the sense of being that we are. And knowing that no matter what life throws at us, at the end of the day, you are the common denominator. Denominator. Wow, I just word butchered that hard. But you are the common denominator across the board. So maybe it's time to start looking inward and not focusing so much on on finding safety in a world that just has never been safe. (laughs) Yeah, that's the reality. That that is the reality. So what's listening to you now, so my wife actually has been amazing during this whole period in terms of we're just about to come kind of single income based on me she's about to leave her work because she's a teacher and we're on a three-month rolling contract in our flat and I'm an airline pilot and as you know the airline industry not that great at the moment and we're also looking at moving elsewhere and 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 so there's just variable after variable after variable after uncertainty after uncertainty plus she's pregnant plus pandemic plus 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 right so you, so it would be well within her right to be a bit up and down and all over the place and she's just mega chilled mm. you know and i think it all comes back to what you're talking about in terms of and she's worked on herself a lot and she's just removed everything to the point as look our health is fine and Things were a lot worse elsewhere around the world, Matt. Let's smile. Let's make the most of it. And that's all we need to kind of worry about. Sounds like a keeper, dude. You know, like it's so simple. Now, I feel a bit more responsibility because I'm kind of juggle a few things. and blah, 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 blah. But again, that's all kind of self-imposed. And every time I just come home and open the door and she's just like mega chilled. And I'm just like, this is, this is how to do this. You know, it's almost, it's almost a masterclass in this is how to handle this, these types of situations. It's a masterclass in being human. Exactly. It's just to see it's actually very simple. Yes. You know? It's our birthright. It's what we already know how to do. We learned how to be scared. Yeah. We yeah. learned I, how to be scared. We learned I, how to panic. Like, we learned everything that causes us discomfort because yeah. our natural state when we came into this world as babies 
was just laughter and joy. Was just yeah. like, I mean, if we wanted to cry, we cried. We didn't think about how people were going to think if we started crying in public or if we shat our pants at the restaurant. Like, it does, like, we don't have those fears when we're babies. We just do and we live and yeah. we be and we don't resist any emotions. We just allow them all to bubble up because they're a part of our existence. When did we learn and how did we learn as a society to start resisting our humanity? Because when we stop fighting it and we just let it go, there's nothing but just flow. <laughs> Two things on this, Rad, that I, that I want to talk about quickly. So first of all, I got my wife this book for her 30th. And there was a, it was kind of one of these picture books, and there's a few quotes in there. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I read that a million times. And there was this one in there, and it said something along the lines of, you think you're going to teach your children what life's all about, but actually they're going to teach you or they're going to remind you what it's all about. Because it's bang on what you were talking about. You know, you're coming from an adult's perspective with all your biases and stories and blah, blah, blah. And you're going to a baby basically saying, this is how this all works, or this is what this quote's getting at. But the reality is the innocence and the beauty of a baby, actually, just by observing that, it kind of just brings you all the way back and just like, actually, this is what it's all about, you know? Just presence and joy and taking everything what it is and being curious and learning and absorbing and zero judgment. Now, that, that is hard to do as you continue and get older and older, but I just love that kind of, it sat with me. It really caught my eye. I was like, that's such a kind of powerful reminder. And then the second thing is a safari. Have you ever done a safari? No. Okay. So what I love about safaris is, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to do quite a few of them. A, because I just love nature, but what, what, what I really love about it is you're just observing, right? You just basically sit there and just observe nature, how nature is. And, and what I get from it is not much happens. <laughs> like, really not much happens. It's kind of very chilled. When the animals tend to use energy, they're using it for a reason, whether they just need to go and hunt and eat, and then they stop and relax. They all have their kind of little areas, and there's, there's a common respect between everybody. And there's, I mean, nature's brilliant on so many different levels. But, but on that kind of surface level, from an observer's point of view, it's just so simple, mate. And every time I come back, I'm just, it's just a real reset. It's just, if you actually think about what a lion does, they don't actually do too much. And that is what nature is all about, you know? The lion doesn't sit there stressing. When you watch a lion for two hours, he's not sitting there stressing his head out and emailing and on the phone and what's happening with this relationship and that relationship, you know? Like, he's not creating this mess. He's just chilling and just being. And so I'd always kind of encourage, I know it's not open to everyone, but the more you can spend time, I tell you what is open to everyone, a hike or just a walk out in nature. And even if you don't see, let's say the big five as it were, but if you just watch little beetles or little ants building things or little kind of praying mantises or just watch a bird for a while, you just realize that it's, it's actually kind of very simple and they're not creating this whole craziness they're just kind of just living a very i'm just watching some birds now i'm not ignoring you by the way i'm oh, just no, watching nature's, nature's you're right. observing life you're actually putting what you're saying into practice right now it's so cool how two of them they just go they're just cruising off they're just two little friends just gonna you know going to check out the hill oh, man and they're probably gonna do that all day today and the more time i spend in nature the more i realize just i feel like nature speaks to you when you're in nature 
like, totally you know, you're, you're, you're in, like, you think about things, you realize things. It's almost like the noise of daily life is gone and you're back to the thing you came from. Cause I think most people forget that we are nature, that we come from nature. It's all part of us. And that one piece for me, I, it doesn't matter if it's the oceans or the mountains. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I mean, lakes, forests, just sitting in the grass and just putting my hands on the floor. It's just, it's all so healing. And maybe that's the point. Like I've never actually thought to think about why it's so healing, but maybe that's actually the point. Maybe being in nature brings you out of the mode of trying to figure out why something is the way it is. And it just is. And when you, when you release the need to know you're actually being human. It just, for me anyway, I just feel like I'm going back to a a family, you know, like almost like an old family that I can't quite explain and I can't quite join the dots, but I feel at home. Mm. And that's why like for years, I mean, ever since I can remember, it's been so integral to who I am. And I think a big part of it is because you just feel like you're, you're part of this huge family that you can't really explain. There's, there's kind of a lot of love. There's zero judgment. That's the other thing I love about it. You know, you look at a leaf, this is going to sound really weird, but I, I'll, I'll like touch a leaf and, and I'll look at it. And if you turn a leaf over, it looks like the, an aerial version of rivers in terms of all the tributaries huh. flowing into a river. You can tell I spend a lot of time in nature. And then you find these things... You find these things everywhere. And then you're just like, this, this whole thing that we're in, this whole universe is insane. Like the connections between everything, the replication of these patterns that you just, like you say, sometimes you'll be up on a mountain and then you'll start joining the dots between something you've seen in the ocean and then something on a fish and then something on a bird. I mean, ultimately, it's all coming from a very similar kind of point of evolution and which would explain it. But just to see that constant like mirroring and reminder and that connection I've never done drugs in my life, but to me, it's almost like going on a trip every time I go, you know, hmm. it's just, it blows my mind, mate. It really, well, you really know, to, to wrap it all up, man, and bring it back to the initial way we started this conversation, it's curiosity. It's yeah. curiosity. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that simple thing. That simple, it's such a simple bridge to the present moment. Like it's a simple yeah. bridge to getting out of your head and into this moment and just seeing what's in front of you with the eyes of wonder, joy, and presence. And if we can cultivate that practice, when we feel down, when we feel stuck, when we feel confused, can we learn to be curious? And I just think that's, that's, that's a, it's, it's, it's a magnificent way to live. And I dig it, man. I love, I love your style. I love your style. I'm grateful for you, man. I, I this was, I did not expect this conversation to go where it did. <laughs> I was just but like I say, when I woke up in the morning, I was like, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Whatever, sure, it'll be a fun. And do you know what, mate? I feel, I feel like I've just meditated for an hour. You know, I feel just so calm. And you know, straight after this, I'm going to go for now like a three-hour hike up the mountain, just because it's just like reinforces once again, even though I do it on a daily basis, like how important nature is. And I don't, you know, you should never rely on anything external, but it doesn't feel external to me. You know, it Mm, feels feels like home. even beyond that, you know, I feel a bit like a bit of a rock and a bit of mud and a bit of a bird and a bit of a leaf, a bit of a tree, you know. I just feel like I'm sucked into this thing. And then when I finish my walk, it's like, out you go again. Like, okay, I have no idea what happened there, but I loved it. Matt, I love that, man. Well, brother, I'm just so glad we got to do this. And I'm glad it took the time it did because clearly 
the world needed to marinate a little bit for us to have a conversation over it. Yeah, I think your time is good. Time is good. Wild ride, and we're not out yet. But I, I think just a little bit right about now would be good for everyone. You know, like, and then like, all right, we're ready for round two. What have you got? For us? Oh man, Matt! If anybody wanted to just get in touch, man, tell you how much they love the episode, or if they wanted to be in your world, how would they do that? So my website is just my name, mattpryor.co.uk, and it's pretty simple. And off the back of that, it kind of says, it kind of shows these are the kind of four or five projects I'm involved in. It's really easy to contact me. I don't have like a media team or a PA or anything like that. It comes straight through to me. Yeah, that's about it. Beautiful, brother. Well, I got one last question for you. In the midst of everything that's happening, everywhere you're going and everywhere you are, how do you stay grounded? Nature. I was going to say, I think I know the, I was like, I, we talked for like 45 minutes about this. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even know that that was the end question, but honestly, mate, and I know it, it sounds cliche after the discussion we've just had, but it's just, you know, I know, I know we're on a time limit, but, but I do want to say this, you know, the, the power of a lot of what I do and all the experience and stuff I create, what I actually do, mate, is I build a journey that allows the best of nature to do its best. And then I don't say a word. Mm. And, and I love just sitting there and watching that unfold, you know, and just seeing that all the time, not just with me, but with other people, it just reinforces just everything. Mate. And, and I love the simplicity of it as well, you know, and the access, it's accessible to all, like it really is accessible to all. And so it, I, I just think it's a real shame that people don't, or they've just forgotten their roots a bit. Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. Well, everybody listening you know, we'll make all of the sh- uh, links to Matt's website and everything in the show notes. If you want to check out any of Matt's trips or anything he's up to, just you can you can make that happen there. But everybody, that's a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Matt. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.